Hello, welcome to Mr. Birdman's Movie Reviews, the podcast. My name is Josh Birdwell. If you're like me and you're in your early 30s or your mid to late 20s, you'll probably remember that the one film that did set the standard uh, for kids' films was Home Alone. Home Alone was such an influential and iconic movie for kids, and basically it's showing that uh, kids could definitely be in charge, and especially with them being by themselves. And it seems that from 1991 to roughly around 1997, if you're like me and always went to Hollywood Video or Blockbuster, you'll notice that a lot of family films in the kids' section always referenced Home Alone on numerous VHS covers. There would be quotes from various movie critics that would say things like, if you love Home Alone, you'll love this movie, or it's Home Alone meets this, this referencing another popular kids movie out at the time. There are a lot of films that had kids in which critics instantly compared to Home Alone, and the first one to come out uh, post-Home Alone was the title of our episode, which is Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead. The plot of this film involves Sue Ellen Crandall, played by Christina Applegate, in which uh, the mom uh, leaves uh, Sue Ellen and the other four kids with a babysitter, Mrs. Durack, uh, who at the surface uh, seems like a nice, sweet, little old lady who has no family and has a lot of experience. Although one does question why the heck uh, a mom who is about to leave on a vacation didn't bother to tell her kids that she was leaving them with a babysitter, but that's the side of the point. Once the mom does leave the house, the babysitter basically becomes like Jekyll and Hyde. Um, she basically turns into Hyde as soon as the mom basically leaves the driveway, yet dies within the twenty, the first 20 minutes of the film, hence the title. With the kids not wanting to call back their mom and and want to have a uh, parent-free summer, uh, so it's up to Sue Ellen Crandall to get a job to support her siblings and put food on the table. Um, this film... Uh, this film was originally conceived as a dark comedy entitled The Real World, um, and it was originally uh, pitched to 20th Century Fox, and they originally wanted Justine Bateman, uh, Family Ties fa- fame, uh, to be in the role, but for unexpected reasons, she did drop out of the project. But yet the writers, they envisioned somebody like, let's say, Winona Ryder to be the main character. Um, if you go back to the mid-80s and early 90s, Winona Ryder was definitely an up-and-coming star, with star starring in films such as Lucas and Beetlejuice and even Edward Scissorhands. Um, The script basically sat on the shelf for 20th Century Fox, and it seemed like it was going nowhere. However, another production company entitled Outlaw Productions, who actually partnered up with uh, HBO, bought the rights, and they made some changes to the script. Um, This film was originally seen as like more so of like a dark comedy um as also as like sort of a mystery film um basically uh, sensing that like wait a minute like did one of the kids attempt to kill the babysitter hmm and each of the kids in the script definitely had their motives there was also a subplot about sue ellen accidentally killing her boss's cat and i'm kind of glad that that got changed because that's like the number one rule of screenwriting uh, when it comes to movies, yeah, kill as many people as you want, but kill an animal like a dog or a cat. Mm-mm. That's like the number one sin of screenwriting. Um, so the CEO at the studio also was good friends with Ed O'Neill, who some of you may or may not know that recognize the name, but you may recognize this this character name, 
Al Bundy from Married with Children. Um, so Ed O'Neill suggested Christina Applegate, who played his TV daughter Kelly, uh, for for the role of Sue Ellen. Uh, in interviews years later, uh, Christina Applegate would actually go on to say that people knew her more for uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead rather than Married with Children. And to understand that context, you need to go back to the um, to that particular time in history. Um, so when Married with Children first came out, um, it was on Fox. Fox was a up and coming network, um, and in many many parts of the country, Fox was very, very was very hard to find. Um, I don't think it was until like maybe the mid to late nineties, like when Married with Children was coming to an end, that a lot of homes started to get. Uh, the Fo- the Fox network, so it definitely makes sense uh, considering uh, the status of the network at the time. Uh, this film itself was directed by Stephen Herrick. Um, at the time, Herrick was uh, was known for two films. Uh, he directed the horror cult film Critters, and he was also coming off Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Excellent. And one one fact that I found to be pretty cool about Stephen Herrick himself is that he originated from my hometown, my hometown of San Antonio, Texas. Um, and he went to film school at universe uh, at a UT Austin. Um, there were other directors that were um, that were considered for this uh, for this film, but they all turned it down. Uh, John Landis, which was originally considered, um, John Landis at the time was known for films such as uh, The Blues Brothers and Coming to America. However, however, the script did not really interest him. Uh, John Hughes was also a second contender. However, he didn't really want to direct a film in which he did not write the script, so he turned it down. And another interesting one was uh, the late Joel Schumacher, whom I've covered on a previous episode. Um so yeah, like that would have been really interesting because Joel Schumacher himself was coming off of uh, the Lost Boys and Saint Elmo's Fire, so it definitely would have been an interesting film in his uh, filmography. Um, s- some of the other notable uh, kid cast: uh, there was five siblings in total, five including uh, Christina Applegate's character. Uh, one was uh, Keith Coogan, who played the older kind of slash stoner brother Kenny. Uh, originally. Uh, Keith Coogan went in for the love interest Brian, uh, but he but he was turned down, um, and I think mostly because like he had already was in a film in which he did play a love interest or like had a crush on a babysitter. That film being Adventures in Babysitting, which came out in 1987. Um, Danielle Harris uh, played the younger sister tomboy Melissa. Um, horror fans may recognize her as uh, Jamie Lloyd from the Halloween franchise. Um, she was in the Halloween films Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, and Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Um, interesting note is that Danielle Harris has stated in interviews that like, out of all the films that she's made in her career, this is the one film that she will actually sit down and and, and actually watch over again and again, uh, which definitely makes sense because a lot of actors, like, they don't really like to watch themselves, like, on screen or anything like that. And that is something that I can definitely understand. Um, plus, at the time that this movie was being made, Danielle Harris was around 13 or 14 years old. So, like, anytime, like, and I can easily relate to that as well. It's like, you know, like watching like a home movie of you as a kid. It's like you really don't want to go back and reflect on that, which I completely understand. Um, so this film film was um, 
filmed during the summer of 1990. Um, right after uh, this film, th- uh, this film was shot. Which again, the film, um, the original title of this film was called "The Real World" or "Real World." Um, this title it actually got changed like once after they started or, or after they finished uh, filming. Uh, because around that time, um, the MTV show, uh, the MTV show called The Real World, was uh, being filmed. It was about to be uh, released, and I guess um, they didn't want people to be confused. It's like, well, wait a minute. There's a movie called The Real World, and there's a TV show called The Real World. What's uh, what's going on here? So anyway, the right. Um, so when this film got changed, the title got changed by the studio to "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead." Um, the production team was not pleased. One of the writers was quoted as saying, "We were pissed," or, or, and paraphrased it as, "I knew that the film was doomed because of the title." Uh, but yet somehow uh, they grew to appreciate it when they heard uh, Johnny Carson make a joke, make a light joke about it on the Tonight Show. So, but honestly, if this film had stuck with its original title, The Real World, um, would we be talking about it 30 years later? I really don't think so. Because if you really think about it, how many other films can you think of, like, with such a long title or even just an obscure title like that, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? I mean, it pretty much tells you all you need to know in the title. Um, so this film was released in June of 1991, uh, the first week in June. Um, so it made about $25 million at the box office, which, you know, is low. But if but if you look at it, like the budget of the film was only around 9 to $10 million. So it definitely earned its money back at the box office. Um, its other competition um, that weekend was the, the Billy Crystal comedy uh, City Slickers. Um, as well as another film that is called Jungle Fever. Um, I'll be honest, I've never heard of this movie. Um, and I don't think really a whole lot of people have either. So it debuted at number six at the box office opening weekend. Uh, number one was City Slickers. Uh, number two was Backdraft. Number three was Jungle Fever. Uh, number four was uh, What About Bob? Uh, the Bill Murray comedy with Richard Dreyfus. Uh, number five was Soap Dish. And then, of course, you have Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead at number six. Um, it came about $200,000 short of entering in the top five. Um, so other films, so to round out that top ten, you had Thelma and Louise. Um, you had Only the Lonely, which is a very underrated romantic comedy starring John Candy. You had Hudson Hawk starring Bruce Willis. And you had another cult classic comedy called Drop Dead Fred. Um which I'm pretty sure like a lot of people would uh, grew, grew, grew up with that movie. So that definitely could be one to add to the list. Um, I mean, if you guys want me to review that one, um, yeah, that would definitely be one that I would consider uh, consider reviewing. Um, so when this film uh, did come out originally, critics were not impressed with this film. Uh, Gene Siskel of Siskel and Ebert um, hated it. He rated it as like one of the worst films of 1991. Roger Ebert was a little bit more positive, even though he did give the film a thumbs down. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. He basically said that um, the audience that this film was made for is going to love it. But he didn't really 
like it himself. But at that time, he was like late 40s or early 50s. But that's not who the film was made for. It was not made for people in their 40s or in their 50s. It was made for people, or, or I guess like, you know, young adults, teenagers, kids. I'd say maybe between the ages of, if I had to guess, like maybe 5 to 22. I know that's a really random age range, but I think it, but I think it works. Um, so this film like comes and goes through the theaters. It's, it did make a big splash at the box office. Um, however, when it came on VHS home video, that is when it started to develop a cult following, mostly due to numerous airings on cable, as well as, um, as well as HBO, uh, which that was the production company that made this movie. So of course they aired it all the time. Um, I actually myself discovered it on TBS late one night. I think when I was in like fifth or sixth grade, I think, um, just was just flipping channels late at night and decided to cut. And I came across this. I think I missed like the first 15 minutes of it, but I saw Christina Applegate. And of course at that time I was a huge fan of married or children, huge fan. Um, you can ask like my parents, you can ask my family. Like they all knew that how much I loved married with children. Uh, Christina Applegate was like one of my first childhood crushes. So of course I was instantly hooked and I was like, Oh, Hey, it's Kelly Bundy from married with children. I'm going to sit down and watch this. And I think that was the first time that I ever saw like an actor that I saw like on TV, like actually in a movie. So I'm like, huh, okay, this is new. This is interesting. All right. Um, and which coming to find out, like when it comes to actors and actresses, very rarely do some of them like transition from the small screen to the big screen. Um, so yeah, so, some of them have worked, some of them have not. Uh, but I thought that this was a nice little treat for myself, uh, just to see like, you know, and it was also the first time that I, I saw like somebody from TV whom I had known just for like one role and playing like a different role. So it was nice to see. And that was like the first time that like I, I could see the like actors or actresses like had range um, and not just being cast into into one role. Um, so that so that was something nice as well. Um, my second memory of this movie uh, came in my senior senior year of high school. Um my, I want to say it was like, you know, towards the end of my senior year, I had my wisdom teeth taken out. Um, and if you've ever had your wisdom teeth taken out, you'll understand like, you know, like, uh, it is a drag and like the struggle is real. It's a struggle is real type of environment. And I guess like my mom, like decided to purchase a movie for me, you know, just so I could have like something to watch. Um, cause when my wisdom teeth got pulled out, it seems like all I wanted to do was just like sleep all the time. Um, and of course I really couldn't eat much. So all I could eat was like, I guess like crackers and like milkshakes and stuff. Um, so, and I would usually have the movie on as well. Like, you know, just to have something to like fall asleep to, or just have something like pass the time. Cause I, and it was a nice, uh, it was a nice distraction. Um, I must've watched it about 10 times that week, um, that I had my wisdom teeth taken out. Um, so yeah, like, I think like that, week of like you know watching it over and over definitely caused me or helped me appreciate the movie uh a bit more um so in this review you're probably thinking well gee like you really haven't talked too much about like the movie itself you're just talking about behind the scenes stuff you're not talking about like your favorite scenes or the characters and their development and stuff and the reason being is because um 
I want people to experience this film for the first time if you haven't seen it. And I definitely don't want to uh, spoil the the experience of this movie for you. Now, I know in like past reviews, like I have gone into spoilers. I have talked about favorite scenes or like you know character arcs or things like that. Uh, but with this particular film, I definitely do see it as a uh, as a good time capsule. Um, you could definitely tell like when you're watching the movie uh, that there are elements of like the late of the 80s as well as the early 90s as well. So it's so it's a good it's a good transitional film. Um, it's a good transitional film um, from like the style of the filmmaking and the characters like with the kids and everything so it definitely is good Um, definitely takes you back to a simpler time um, because the main character Sue Ellen played by Christina Applegate who does really a wonderful job in the film by the way Um, I don't really think she gets enough credit because for a long time um, she was always known for being Kelly Bundy, which if you ever watch Married with Children, you'll realize that Kelly Bundy is not exactly the brightest crayon in the box. And, you know, she's kind of dimwitted and, you know, she wears like these really skimpy outfits that show off her body, uh, which, you know, watching Married with Children as like a 10 year old, I was like, ooh, yay, pretty girl. Um, so it definitely showed that she did have range as an actress. And they say that like the smartest actors or actresses, they do a really good job playing like dimwits. Um, and, and I do believe that is true. Um, I want to say like probably the only actress I can think of off the top of my head is Lisa Kudrow, who played Phoebe on Friends. Um, but anyway, back to the uh, back to the simpler times. Um, it makes you think like if you watch this film like as a kid um, – like when your kids, like if, when you're a kid, like you just want to be like, oh, you know, I wish I was an adult and like, you know, I could have my own money. I could drive. I could go places. I can do what I want. I don't have to rely on my parents. Uh, but yet when you grow up and you become an adult, it's like you wish that you were much, that you were younger. You wish that you didn't have any responsibilities and didn't have to worry about bills and insurance and like car payments and, um, you know, like having to sit in traffic and things like that and like, you know, having to get up and go to work and uh, make money and deal with a mean boss, which, praise God, I do not have a mean boss. And that and that is that's a blessing in and of itself. Um, but, yeah, overall, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead is what I would consider a true cult classic. Um, and that's the thing about cult classics is that like you can't set out to make a cult classic anymore. Like you just can't, like it just has to happen. Um, whether it's just through word of mouth, uh, which nowadays, like, you know, we have the internet, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have YouTube, which in the early nineties, we didn't have that. All we had was you know word of mouth and cable. And that was pretty much it. So yeah, definitely keep, uh, definitely, uh, what, Check out Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead if you have not seen it. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, And even if you haven't watched it in a long time, I highly recommend that you uh, check it out again. You may be surprised and you may uh, find that it's a movie that um, you'll definitely want to watch over and over again and maybe introduce it to the next generation. This is uh, Josh Birdwell from Mr. Birdman's Movie Reviews signing out and I'll see, see you in the next one.